calmly, tenderly, gently, lovingly, relax, relax even deeper. Relax deeper yet. Rest, just rest, float, float in the stillness. Feel the awareness with your awareness. Let your awareness be everything. It is already everything. Let go of everything else except awareness. Relax. 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 Feel the movement of your awareness. You can feel the vibrations in your awareness. Those vibrations are caused by an even greater awareness moving into you, into your bubble of awareness from divine consciousness into your soul. Let it grow. Let your awareness expand naturally. Stay, stay, stay within the awakening process. You are in an awakening process. A process that is precious, magical, divine. Let your awareness expand. Let it expand from within the center of your awareness. Stay there. Your soul is listening to the divine awakening process at all times. Stay there in the awakening process. A divine awakening process, which is awakening 
your soul, awakening your mind. Eventually it will awaken the world. Stay, float, melt. in this endless river of clear awareness. Your energy will build up. The light that you see, feel, infused into your consciousness will become brighter. Ignore the light, ignore the energy, or simply stay at the center of the light. Stay at the center of the energy. For the center of both the energy and the light is also the awakening process that is happening as the ocean of divine consciousness flows into the drop of your soul. Namaste. We're going to talk some more about consciousness today. I'm going to start with a few quotes by Nisargadatta. These quotes are taken from the book, I Am That. This is one of those books that um, you should always buy once you've started to make some good solid progress. Before then, it's a fire hose <laughs> of wisdom. <laughs> In this chapter, he talks about everything happens by itself. The mind-body awareness happens by itself. Coming and going, the arising and the falling of thoughts and mental consciousness happens by itself. The arrival of clear awareness in your soul happens by itself. The awakening process happens by itself. One day in his ashram, a questioner asked Maharaj Nizagadatta, does a yani die? A yani is a disciple who has reached the point where they understand, clearly understand at some level of understanding that clear awareness is all there is and everything else comes from clear awareness. 
So it's an advanced meditator that understands from some level of experience that clear awareness is immortal and it arises by its own. In the meditation that we just did, those of us who flowed through that meditation came to the same wisdom, even if we weren't in a pure bubble of awareness. Most of these things were clear to us. As we let our awareness expand, thoughts fell away, mind-body awareness fell away, melted, dissolved. And as we began to feel the movement of the divine awareness opening up within the clear awareness of our soul, we realized at the same time that mind-body awareness melts away. Divine awareness arises by itself into the clear awareness of our soul. As our soul awareness becomes more clear, mind-body awareness starts to disappear completely. But everything, everything, everything in that meditation proved to us that awareness, state of awareness, sleeping states as well, arise and fall spontaneously by themselves. As we become more mature, spiritually mature on the path, We experience more and more of the divine awareness, more and more of the awakening process. And as that happened, yes, indeed, we experience yet even more. <laughs> All of these things happen naturally when we're ready for them. So the questioner asks Maharaji, does a yani die, a disciple? Maharaji says, a true yani is beyond life and death. Uh -huh. When we're in the mind, when we think we exist as a body, when we view things from a mind-body starting point, a mind-body perspective, a subject-object linear processing perspective, then we think that things start and stop, don't we? We move our hand, so we're starting to move our hand and it stops when we grasp what we're trying to grasp. We look at something, search for something with our eyes, a gray squirrel on the grass or near the forest or a bird that we can hear, but we can't see, we look for it. We start looking for it, but when we see it, we stop looking. 
Everything starts and stops in the mind-body awareness. So thus, we always think there's a beginning and we always assume that there's an end because there's a beginning. That's not how our consciousness works in clear awareness. When we were in that beginning meditation experience, were we starting and stopping our clear awareness or did it simply continue to exist? It simply continued to exist. What if we had been doing such an exercise for a month, better yet a year or two, At that point, even if it's just a month, we'd have a certitude of clear awareness, of a clear awareness that never stops and never starts and is thus immortal. So you can, so you can see from this example that merely practicing the sadhana of being a silent observer, floating through the world, as we did in this meditation experiment, that alone will give us the wisdom, will give us the certitude of clear awareness, of divine awareness bubbling up, emerging into our clear awareness, awakening us as a soul, awakening us as a person as well. And it will be a clear awareness that such a state is immortal and the essence of everything else. So because of this, Maharaji then continues. He first says, in answer to the question, does Ayani die? No, he is beyond life and death. What we take to be inevitable, to be born and die, to stop and start, <laughs> to begin and end, appears to him but a way of expressing movement in the immovable. As a consciousness, the divine consciousness comes into our consciousness. Do we feel a starting and stopping? No, we don't. We feel a, not just a continual process, but a pre-existing continual process that never starts and never stops. So he says, we, what we take to be inevitable in the mind, to be born and die, appears to the yani but a way of expressing movement in the immovable. Change in the changeless and end in the endless. In the immovable, change in the change and end in the endless, to the yani it is obvious that nothing is born and nothing dies. Nothing lasts and nothing changes. All is it as is it, all is as it is, <laughs> timelessly, timelessly. I can't expect to talk with wisdom if I attempt to talk with wisdom. The disciple says, you say the yani is beyond, but beyond what? Beyond knowledge? Maharaji chides him politely, lovingly, 
saying knowledge has its rising and its setting. Consciousness comes into being and out of being. Ah, all the time, all the time. We can exist in Nirvana, the source consciousness for innumerable, uncountable, unfathomable periods of worldly time. It feels like no time at all. In the heavenly states, in all the heavenly states, that's true. In the heavenly state of the resting consciousness, source consciousness, celestial consciousness, anami, in the active, loving, omniscient, omnipotent, constantly nourishing state of the active consciousness and in the creative state of the creative consciousness, we can stay in these states indefinitely. Consciousness comes into being and goes out of being, however, in the lower states, beyond, underneath the heavenly regions. But that's only because our awareness isn't fully perfected. But even for a saint that has reached Nirvana and comes back in another lifetime to serve some sort of purpose, even such a soul, comes and goes from pure consciousness, comes and goes from soul consciousness, comes and goes from mind-body awareness. They may not come and go anywhere near as much as an average person, but they have to come and go to honor the karma that they're given. Without the karma, they can't be born. If they're not born, they can't teach. They can't achieve whatever purpose they have to achieve in this life. So like all other humans, their consciousness comes and goes. And this is what Nisargadatta is saying here. We all know that sometimes we are conscious and sometimes not, including himself. He's including himself when he says this. When we are not conscious, it appears to us as a darkness or a blank. But a yani is aware of himself as neither conscious nor unconscious, but purely aware, a witness to the three states of the mind and their contents. What are the three states of the mind? There's the unconscious sleeping state. There's the dreaming state while we're awake or in sleep. Beyond those states, there's just clear awareness. But now the question arises. Can we be in clear awareness in those states? Well, we should read a little more, think a little more, observe a little more. We'll get to that point. So he 
Nisarga says, Nisargadatta says, but a yani is aware of himself as neither conscious nor unconscious, but purely aware, a witness to the three states of the mind and of their contents. Ah. What is this saying? This suggests what every mystic, great mystic knows is that once you've been deep within the causal plane, once your consciousness becomes multidimensional, and then lay, and then once your multidimensional clear awareness drifts into dozens, hundreds, thousands, millions, trillions of other souls. And later, yeah, once your consciousness creates copies of yourself and begins to remember and exist in other states of consciousness and millions of other beings, then you see consciousness is always aware of the mind and all of its contents. He means more than just simple expression, that line. One of the powers that you obtain, anyone, anyone obtains, everyone obtains, once they get deep within the causal plane, they've learned to abide in the, those levels of the causal plane, is your awareness can stay in clear awareness not only within your own mind, but within the mind of other insects and humans at the same time. Aware of all the contents. For example, you could go back in time when you were 10 years old and relive any experience, any five, 10, 15 second experience in a microsecond by a microsecond framework, witnessing everything that the AI mind experiences at an energy pattern level. And at the same time, see the pictures that the mind creates including the pictures of the mind creating a memory, anticipating as creating a memory, the making of the memory, of itself doing something, tasting something, smelling something, thinking something, moving something, hearing something. Likewise, it can also go into the consciousness of an insect as it goes across a leaf or a butterfly. Both beautiful experiences. Butterfly as it floats through the spring breeze. Feel the air underneath your wings. And the feeling of the air, the changing of air pressures as you float through the air. 
both beautiful, beautiful experiences. You can go so deeply into the butterfly. You could stay there for hours at a time within a butterfly's awareness. Rumi wrote a poem, I think it was Rumi, who said, I know not if I am a butterfly or a human anymore. When your consciousness is that deep into an insect or a butterfly, you are what you're aware of. What you're aware of is what you are. In all states of consciousness, by the way, this is where Nizakadatta is leading. The questioner asks, when does this witnessing begin? the witnessing of all states of consciousness. Maharaji politely again chides him and helps him understand. To a yani, nothing has a beginning or an ending. As salt dissolves in water, so does everything dissolve into pure being. Wisdom is eternally negating the unreal. To see the unreal is wisdom. Beyond this lies the inexpressible. It's impossible to, for any saint, to fully define the experience of consciousness, which is beyond the witnessing state, you see. When we float as a silent observer, just ignoring the, the, the inclination, the tendency to act and react within the world for whatever period of time we're floating, three seconds, five seconds, three minutes, five minutes, three hours, five hours, three days, five days. <laughs> but when we're in that state, even in the beginning, you see, even in the beginning, we can observe. We can simply observe. And once we're in that state, do we remember when it began? Do we anticipate its ending? If we try to remember when it began or try to imagine when it will stop, we immediately fall out of that silent observation state, that floating state. But to the Ani who's well-practiced, doesn't fall out of that state. The more it's practiced, the easier it is to stay in that state and float like a butterfly through the various winds and dreams and energy patterns of life and the dreaming process. One more quote, and then we're going to go to Husin. Maharaji continues to say, you cannot speak of a beginning of consciousness. The very ideas of beginning and time are within consciousness. Mind, body, awareness. To talk meaningful of the beginning of anything, you must step out of it. You can see the mind as it reacts. 
you can see it as it stops reacting to something. You can see it start and stop while you float in pure awareness, even within the awareness of the mind. This is what he's talking about here. The moment you step out, you realize, he says, that there is no such thing as never was. In other words, the immortal awareness that you are when you're in the mind is in the expression of the same awareness in the mind and as the mind and always was and always will be. There is only one reality in, in this type of experience in which no thing has any being of its own. The mind may think it's the mind. The mind may think it's self-existent. But when you are the divine awareness within the awareness of the mind, you can see through the ignorance of the mind and see the divinity that lies hidden in even the mind's awareness. Rumi said something similar once. When I'm in the desert, the mind itself is a desert or jungle, whatever you want to call it. But even in the desert, I see millions of eyes looking at me the same consciousness which I look at them with the same divine awareness that we each look at and share. We can, once we've been deep within the causal plane, as I explained, and reached the heavenly regions and then returned within the mind, within life, we have, we can have these experiences and we will have these experiences from time to time. The questioner asks, if all is light, how did darkness arise? How can there be darkness in the midst of light or ignorance in the midst of wisdom? He could have asked that same question. Maharaji, correctly answers, there is no darkness in the midst of light. No darkness no midst of, in the midst of light. No ignorance in the middle or the midst of awareness, of wisdom. Self-forgetness is the darkness. Uh -huh. When we are absorbed in other things in the non-self, we forget the self. There is nothing unnatural about it. Wisdom lies in never forgetting the self as the ever-present source of both the experiencer and the experience. We were talking about Ramana not too long ago, about how he said something similar and he talked about being able to be awake at all times, even during the dreaming process, even during the darkness that precedes and follows dreams. The Sargadatta is saying the same thing here. 
We've talked about it many times in our satsangs as well. A darkness that is not yet matured awareness. If they become fearful, and many of them do, then it's a fearful experience until they sometimes reawaken in the body. But if they knew how to abide in the darkness, beyond fears, everything becomes an explosion of light, pure light, literally becomes pure light. I learned that lesson as a teenager. In 19, uh, I'm dating myself here. I'm an old dinosaur in many ways. You know, I was in college and had an experience uh, where I had a premonition of my death and angels visited me and said, go forward. God is very pleased with you. Go forward. Three different angels, three different cities manifesting in a ball of light in the middle of the day. Pure consciousness emerging from a ball of light in the middle of the day. And then I had a premonition of being in an auto accident, dying in the auto accident, going through about 300 different uh, planets within the astral zone and coming to a totally dark region. And then the vision stopped. One month later, I understood what was happening. I woke up in the morning and I knew that was the day. I, I understood intuitively from what the angel said that I had to let everything happen as it happens. Let it be. Let it be. Go forward in life. Float, float, float like a butterfly in the wind. Go forward. Just let it be. Let everything be as it is. So I let the accident happen. I just followed the marge of the day not making decisions, letting other people ask me for a ride and direct where I drove and what streets I drove and the accident happened. And I physically died, declared dead for two and a half hours, went through all of those astral zones, different regions within the astral plane into a field of incredible darkness. When you're in a region of consciousness that's vast, time works totally differently. A few seconds of consciousness in any region of light or darkness, if it's a vast space, is hours, sometimes weeks, sometimes days, sometimes years, sometimes decades, deep within these celestial regions. And I awoke from the darkness, same space. Instead of darkness, it was blazing light. Blazing light. And then I was floating on the operating room and the body was dead. And 
so forth and so on. I eventually re-entered the body, re-entered life. With an urge to merge that was constant. It was constant as I emerged from the darkness into the light, constant as I left the etheric body and the float in the ceiling of the operating room and into the body, constant when I woke up within the body, constant for great periods of time afterwards. When you come back from the crown chakra, you always, you realize this same type of experience, you see. When you reach the crown chakra after many, many years as a yani, meditating, going to different regions, going deeper and deeper, and you have this wonderful experience in the crown chakra, multidimensional awareness, expanding from a tiny little speck of consciousness to a vast consciousness, expanding so rapidly, it's unbelievable. But eventually, the first few times you don't merge back into, the massage portal doesn't open up yet because you notice the light, you notice the memory, you grab onto the experience, you can't quite handle the rapid, rapid, rapid expansion of consciousness and light and energy and multidimensional awareness. Whatever reason you float, you dissolve out of the experience in the crown chakra, you come from the light into a region of darkness. And from there you then have the you float into the region of the white skeleton, you see light recreating your entire body cell by cell. And then the bones and then different layers of flesh and organs and aura, recreating your physical body, your physical mind, and then the dreams that you then have as a human. Miss Argadatta was talking about the same consciousness in all of these states as he talked to the Siani, as talked to his disciple about being a Yani. He's talking about an awareness, stays aware in all states of, a, of lightness and darkness in all states of any type of awareness as well. Deep, deep within the causal plane and higher, you can stay in these states at all times. Hussein talks about that as well. Hussein was an ancient Taoist sage. From the absence of understanding to the presence of understanding, this is a subject that the disciple was asking about. It was the explanations that Ms. Argadatta was giving. It was what I was talking about as well. From the absence of understanding to the presence of understanding, there is a process at work. It's the awakening process. It's the awakening process, my friends. It is the same process that results in the growth of a baby in the womb and both occur without conscious effort by anyone. No effort. The awakening process happens by itself. Including the growth of a baby in the womb. Once you've reached nirvana, 
and are reincarnated as the first molecule of the womb. And this, you can watch as your consciousness expands into from one bubble of awareness to three bubbles of awareness. This can't happen in ordinary consciousness of a human because they haven't yet reached multidimensional awareness. They haven't yet floated into other states of consciousness. They haven't experienced the creative process in the creative region of heaven. But if you've done all of that, if you've experienced all that, if it's still those experiences are still alive within your sadhana. Then in the womb, in the first molecule, you're fully aware as your one bubble of awareness becomes three. Seven, I should say, one, three, seven, and so forth and so on until the full, full body is created. It's the same process, Hussein says, that results in the growth of a baby in the womb. Or I could say as the creation of the body, once you leave the crown chakra and you reach the hidden region of the white skeleton and you are recreated. You literally sometimes, sometimes your body totally disappears. In the same, from the same perspective that Hussein and this Agadatta and Ramana and I have talked about, from the same perspective of being able to create a body and be conscious throughout it. One can be conscious as your body disappears as well. Remain conscious as your body disappears as well. Dying while living, living while dying. Same process that this Argadatta, who Sin and Rama and I are talking about, it is the same process that results in the growth of a baby in the womb, and both occur without any conscious effort by anyone. It goes on in another poem. To be nobody is to have no body. When you're floating in the white skeleton region, you have no body, and you are no body, no mind-body awareness. You're just pure awareness. Likewise, if you're Ramana or Nisargadatta and you've gone to the, all the way to source consciousness and you come back and you can stay in that source consciousness while you're in the world, you can be in the mind and observe all the contents of the mind in whatever state the mind, that mind is in and whatever type of body that mind is, is in. To be nobody is to have no body. That which is prior to name and form is what truly is. When we melt, as we did in our beginning meditation, and become awareness of aware, when we're aware of awareness, at whatever stage of awareness we're aware of awareness at, even if we haven't reached pure consciousness, first bubble in the eye center, even if we haven't reached that enlightenment, we are aware of awareness. And in the awareness of awareness, mind-body awareness disappears. In the beginning, to a great extent, with further progress completely, what one truly is, whatever it is called, when called, it does not reply. 
<laughs> Consciousness doesn't reply, it doesn't react, it stays aware, it just floats, floats, floats as awareness, as a sighted observer. And then eventually more. He writes another very interesting poem about a golden dragon. What is a golden dragon in Chinese lore? In Chinese lore, the golden dragon is the fully enlightened yani that Nisargadatta talks about, or the Satchitananda disciple that Ramana talks about. It is someone who has reached nirvana consciousness and can guide the awareness of any person talking to him. He can talk to them about the deepest aspects of their own awareness. And in the soul of a, any person, any one of us, that golden dragon exists, it's the consciousness, it's the God consciousness, the divine consciousness at the core of our soul, which is helping us to awaken from within, even while we're without. When a golden dragon is melted down, in other words, when it returns to source consciousness, having taken the soul awareness with it, it returns to its original state of source consciousness, nirvana consciousness in the heavens. It is what it was before, and yet it is not. The golden dragon, as a dragon, as an entity, is no more. But gold, the consciousness, pure awareness, higher regions is gold in Chinese lore. The gold remains and so it is with all things and so it is in all things. A return to wholeness is an end of division. There are no seer, no seeing, only singing. What does he mean by this? When we are the divine awareness within every other state of awareness, the witnessing is automatic, but there's no passage of time, no passage of thoughts, just pure awareness, even within the dreaming state of the mind. <laughs> Even then, it's just pure awareness. You can wake up as pure awareness. You can, when you're in the dream state, as a dreamer at night, and you've reached states of pure awareness in the causal plane before, you can wake up in in heavenly divine awareness inside of the person that is having a dream and sleeping on the bed or chair or couch or, or the field of grass. You can wake up, fully awake, watch the dream as a dream. You can not only do that at night, you can not only do it at night, but you can do it during the day, during the waking dream that the mind has as it walks around in the world. You can 
experience what the mind sees. In the same way that you see a dream while you're dreaming at night, you can see the dream of the mind during the waking day and see it as a dream. See the confusion in the mind as simply the ignorance, simply the darkness within the light. And yet be fully aware of yourself through the darkness of the mind, through the ignorance of the mind. The return to original nature, Husin says, is not a rising up, but a sinking down. Oh, that's an interesting statement, is it not? Whereas rising is active. Arrival is active. Getting somewhere is active. Effort is active. Rises up. Sinking is passive, no effort involved. Melting, melting, melting is what he's talking about. The return is therefore effortlessless. Herein lies the secret of the mystic path. Herein lies the same secret of the spiritually minded disciple that is beginning to be in the path instead of on it. We start out as disciples on a path in life, you see, striving to go beyond the virtual matrix that we know we're in, striving to satisfy that urge to merge, which is growing hunger for divine awareness. We don't know what we're hungering for, but we know it's not found in the world. In all of these states, you see, we're waking up to an awakening process that is the awakening process. In the beginning, we see an awakening process as something apart from us. But as we get absorbed into the awakening process, as we melt into the awakening process, we're simply the awakening process. And once we're comfortable with it, it can last very long periods of time. Namaste.